If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author, Susan Friedman. Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my special guest is a relationship expert. As a relationship consultant, mediator, speaker, and author, Dr. Roberta Shaler, the Relationship Help Doctor provides urgent and ongoing care for relationships in crisis at home and at work. Her mission is to help people stop tolerating abuse. Even the United States Marines have sought her help. She focuses on helping the partners, exes, and adult children of the relentlessly difficult people she calls hijackals. She offers strategies for dealing with the constant uncertainty and jaw-dropping behaviors of toxic people. Author of 16 books, including Escaping the Hijackal Trap and Stop, That's Crazy Making, How to Stop Playing the Passive-Aggressive Game. She's the host of the weekly relationship help show on BBS Radio, and Roberta Welcome to the show, and thank you for being this week's guest expert and mentor. No, thank you, Susan. It's a delight to be with you. So, Roberta, many of our listeners might be wondering what your relationship expertise has to do with book marketing. And I know that you have focused on a particular niche or niche market to the point that it's almost like a micro niche. And you've become a recognized expert in that area. Can you talk to our listeners about the importance of niche or niche marketing and how it serves you as an author? Oh, certainly. And let me just say, Susan, that I was like most people that I've met or that I speak to about this topic. People like to think that they're going to lose market share if they create a narrow, deep niche or a niche. I'm from Canada, so I say it both ways. And so I had to learn the hard way to reduce and reduce and reduce the size of my target audience. And I did so, first of all, by going to write about passive-aggressive people, because as a relationship consultant, obviously, I could go in any direction I wanted at the beginning, <laughs> But over time, I finally saw the wisdom that people were trying to teach me about having a very narrow, deep niche. And as I moved into it, then my writing moved into it, my focus, my radio show, all the pieces that then came from knowing exactly who my audience is. I love that you say that because I believe, and like you, the more narrow the niche the more focused your marketing can be, it can be more efficient, more effective. As you said, you can design everything around this, 
all these different products, all these shows, the articles, everything that you do is so narrowly targeted. How do you find that your books fit into your overall business and marketing strategy? Well, all my books deal with helping people manage their lives and deal with conflict within and without. So they're all part of what I talk about. And the more that I narrow the niche, the more books I wrote about the narrow niche. So I publish things in print and often I try them out first as ebooks so that I know whether or not somebody needs a hard copy. As I talk about books or as I do radio interviews or as I appear on television or whatever I'm doing, I can always have in my back pocket a book title that I've written that is useful to somebody in a specific need that they have. So a book can be seen as a very expensive business card or it can be that follow-up piece that you leave behind that says, here, I can't walk through life with you every moment, but here's a book that you can have in your back pocket. Very important part of the process. Did you find that your credibility in the marketplace excelled once you had your book? Oh, sure. Everybody wants to know you've written a book. (laughs) I think it's important to, you know, as I say, put your fanny on the fabric and write a book if you're an expert at something. It demonstrates your expertise. It demonstrates your stick-to-itiveness. It demonstrates that you really care about your marketplace. You know, many people will write a book because they've always had a book in them, of course, but they'll write a book because it's the next right thing to do. Well, I don't know that that's a great motivation just because it's good marketing, But if you have something to say, your people want to be able to have you in their back pocket, and a book is a great way. So if an author was starting out in a new niche or niche, what's the simplest action you would recommend they take? Be very, very careful that you're going to be happy in that niche for a long time because it takes time to develop it. It takes time to be known And then start out with a strategy. Like the first thing that happened for me that led me down this path was I became the relationship help doctor. So my brand was very, very clear. And then when I stepped into the niche of passive aggressives, which finally led me to creating the term hijackals and working with the partners, the exes, the adult children, the co-workers of the relentlessly difficult people I call hijackals, (laughs) then I could write more about them because people wanted to know. So the very first thing is to be absolutely clear and then focus on it every single day. Ask yourself, what are the three high-value, high-return activities I can do first every day? It really takes some effort to find that niche and calling yourself, you know, the relationship help doctor How long did that take for you to really come up with that term and feel comfortable with it? Well, I started using it about six years ago. And of course, I have a doctorate in psychology, so it wasn't too much of a stretch. And my website is for relationshiphelp.com. So relationship help doctor popped out quite easily from that. 
It was exactly what I do every day, and it absolutely gave credibility because I do have a doctorate. So it wasn't too difficult, and it's not cute. You know, it is exactly what I do. (laughs) I think that's really important that your business says what you do, the name of your business. In fact, one of the strategies that I outline in my Riches and Niches book, How to Make It Big in a Small Market, is to have a name that says what you do, and you do exactly that. So I'm going to use that as an example. So thank you. You're welcome. I think it's so important, exactly what you're saying, Susan. I think that's very good advice because I, like many people, like to play with things and play with words, and I could be terribly clever. But if nobody's looking for that clever, I will never be found. They're looking for what they're looking for, not what I want to put out there. So we all need to know that. That's how it's going to happen. It's interesting that you say that because the very first business I started, I went the cutesy route and the clever route. And I called my company Diadem Communications and nobody knew what on earth I did. And it took me several years before I realized that and went to go to a name that said more what I did. And so I like the fact that you highlight that because that really is a very important piece. As an author builds their business, obviously, their personal life can come under some strenuous situations. And especially when you write a book, what are some of the recommendations you can offer for an author, for a business owner to keep a healthy work-life balance? Oh, well, let me put a plug in here for a book I wrote with my partner. The book is called Soul Solitude, Taking Time for Our Souls to Catch Up. So what I would say to you is everybody needs to give themselves time to be still every day, to catch up with yourself, to sit down and just say, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What do I need? What do I want? When I wrote the book Kaizen for Couples, that book is all about who are you in the relationship and how to give your best to the relationship so that you know you've done your part, and then how to do that as a couple. And to be able to say, Susan, at any moment, to know yourself well enough and to have stopped and been quiet and get to know yourself and just listen for a bit every day, or even once or twice a day, it allows you to be able to say to somebody, I feel this way, I think this way, I need this, I want this, because you have become used to identifying that for yourself and you're clear. And if you don't know what you think, feel, need, and want, you can't communicate that. And if you can't communicate it, you're likely not going to get it because none of us are in relationship, whether work or home, with mind readers. Very much so. I know that I have to remember that because sometimes I expect my husband to mind read what's going on. And then when I sort of flare up about something, he's like, well, what's going on? You know, tell me about it. (laughs) It's like, well, you're meant to know. No, I'm not telepathic. (laughs) That's right. And, you know, 
And when I'm working with couples, which I do all over the world because I work by video conferencing, this comes up all the time. Well, if you loved me, you'd know what I want. Oh, no, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> that just because I love you doesn't mean I can read your mind. And I don't want to put you in a box to suggest that because you wanted that last year that you still want it or you thought that or you felt that last week. Maybe you still don't want it. We have to stay current and present up to date with our partners and allow each other to grow and change and transform. So as you move through your business, I'm sure that you've made mistakes along the way. Can you share any of those with us? One sure. That be willing to share. <laughs> sure. Then the first one I mentioned already, you know, I was going to be all things to all people because I could. And I think back 30 years ago, well, of course, I have a doctorate in psychology, bring me any problem at all. And so then it became all about relationships. Then it became about passive aggressive people. And eventually I was given that information 30 years ago, have a narrow, deep niche. Oh, no, no, no. I'm leaving money on the table. I'm leaving money on the table. No. So if you happen to be 25 or 30 years old right now and you're listening to this program, shortcut your journey. Get a very narrow, deep niche and become an expert because that was one mistake I made. Another mistake was believing that because I had a book, people would want it and I wouldn't have to do so much marketing. If you write a book, it looks great in your signature file on your email, looks great on your website, but if you don't go into social media, if you don't do what you need to do to let people know the book exists, the book will sit on the shelf, even if it's on Amazon's shelf. And many of my books are on Amazon, but I have to sell them. Amazon won't sell them for me. They're just sitting on a shelf. So a mistake that I made was to think, all right, I got it out there, but not have a plan to let people know it was available. That's so true. So many times, and I'm sure my listeners are almost sick of hearing me say this, but you know, Amazon is just a shop window. And you've got to bring people to that shop window. And if you don't, as you say, it just sits there on the shelf and nobody knows about it because there are hundreds of books, I bet, on relationships out there. Why should they pick yours if they don't even know about it? Well, that's right. And that brings us to the topic, Susan, of titles. You know, when you go on Amazon, your title has to say what it's about. It has to be immediately attractive. The subtitle has to explain what they're going to get from it. Then you have to know how to describe your book on Amazon. All of these things take work. And um, where the work comes in is in knowing yourself. So to go back to your mistake question, Susan, I think it's a big mistake I fortunately didn't get too trapped in this mistake. I think it's a mistake to think that you will be able to just put something out there, as I said, and people will come, but that you can talk about your book and then you have to be able to sell that book in a way that is non-obtrusive. And that's where we make a mistake. I was in a Facebook group watching posts yesterday 
And this woman asked a question as her post to stimulate some conversation. And every single time someone answered the question, or almost every time, she put as her reply a link to her book. It was so obvious that she wasn't in the business of helping people. She was in the business of selling. And that has to be secondary, in my opinion, to knowing what your mission is. As you said in the introduction, my mission is to help people stop tolerating abuse. If that's my mission, then quite a ways below that is selling a book. I have to have that system in place. But I get up in the morning thinking about how can I help people stop tolerating abuse today and then let the systems work for themselves. That's very, very important and fundamental to being successful. I like that because we're really not selling books. We're selling how we can serve and help other people. And the book just happens to be part of that package. It isn't the package. Right. And if we think it is, if we think it's the whole package, uh, let's just talk about this for a minute. I think it was 1980, I read a book that just knocked my socks off. And so I went to find where this person was speaking, and I traveled from Canada to California, and I, I was so excited. And then she spoke, and she was a terrible speaker. It was just so disappointing. So if you don't know yourself well enough to know that whether your platform should be one-on-one, -on -one, you should be a speaker because you're great at it and you can get your message out and your book then will be promoted from your speaking, don't get into the muddle that this person did to my perception was she's a great writer, a terrible speaker, and she absolutely turned me off. I had spent thousands of dollars to come and hear her speak she shouldn't have been speaking. She should have used that time to write another book because that's what she was good at. So stay in your lane. That's what I'm saying. That brings up a memory for me. Something similar happened. And actually, it was a TV anchor who I really admired. And he was invited to be a panelist. And his speech was awful. He's absolutely awful. And I was like, oh, my goodness, you're such an incredible interviewer of other people. Why isn't it that you can speak? And if you're going out there to the speaking circuit, you definitely have to be a good speaker. And he was just relying on his credibility as an incredible interviewer on the regular show that he was on. so And he uh, had a teleprompter. Probably. <laughs> so that's a lot of, <laughs> yeah, that helps a lot. It does. And I'm not saying there's anything that everybody has to be a great speaker. Just know yourself really well. What is your lane? How do you get this out? I'm at the point in my career, Susan, where I'm all about legacy. Let me get out everything I have to say to as many people as possible so they have the information and can have a better life. Know where you're at in life. It's very important because then you know what to do as those three high-value, high-return activities every day. It's not a high-value activity for some people to get up in the morning and run to Facebook. But for me, it's a high-value activity because I belong to a lot of groups 
that deal with people who are in situations with toxic, difficult people or they're being abused. And all I do is go into these groups that I belong to as well as the ones that I run. And I help people. And that's the contribution. Now, magically, many of those people click on my name and end up subscribing to my newsletter and stay in contact with me or send me a private message and say, how can I work with you? But it comes from making the contribution and then having something on your website, like a book, that when they get there, there's something immediate they can do. They can get more of you. So in fact, that ties in really nicely with the fact that outlining maybe some of your best marketing strategies. Would you say that being on Facebook is one of them? Or what do you like as a marketing strategy? Everything that I do is about relationships. So social media works really well for me. It may not work for everybody because it's very time consuming, but I'm about solving problems for individual people. So it really helps. My Facebook pages, I have several of them. I have a hijackles page. I have a four relationship help group. I have a group for people who are in relationship with hijackles. It's called Optimize Life. From there, you can send me a private message and get into my secret group. Those things are key because I've created safe places where people can talk. Other than that, I do a newsletter every two weeks Big caveat there, Susan, if you're going to do a newsletter, do it consistently. Choose a schedule that you're happy with, your readers are not unsubscribing from because it's too frequent or too infrequent. Stick with it. Whatever you choose, choose carefully. Do it in a laser-focused way, not a buckshot approach. This is what I do. So it goes from my radio show, the Relationship Help Show on BBS Radio. That is done in audio, but it's recorded. Guest recordings are done in video. Everything has to be leveraged. So I do that show. Three segments are mine, two are a guest. I have it as a video. I have it as audio. I have it transcribed. When it goes on YouTube, the transcription goes to get more SEO. When it goes as audio, I have beautiful graphics for each of my guests. I give the graphic to the guest with the archive link. They do their social media and their newsletters. Everything flows outward from my audiovisual stuff. Right now, I'm writing my 17th book, and we haven't really talked about the marketing process or the writing process, but some people are painstaking writers. Some people write easily, as you so well know. For me, I can write at the drop of a hat, 1,500 words in an hour, no problem. I don't have to edit it. I'd proofread it. Other people can't do that. So when I decide to, okay, the book is ready to be written and it's totally intuitive what the next book is and when it is going to come forth, when I get that go sign, I sit down from 6 till 11 each morning until it's done, which is usually three and a half to four weeks. That's pretty amazing. Let's be fair. I have been doing this for 35 years. I have a huge amount of experience and expertise and information. So if I can pull it together, all I have to do is sit there and it'll come out my fingertips. Not everybody's like that. Some people don't organize that way. If you're about to write your first book, I advise you to do what I did. 
I wrote a little newsletter every day for a year. Then I collected up the best tips that I gave in the whole time. And that was my first book. But it was all mine. I have a bias. I received a book in the mail the other day from a would-be guest. And she had her name on the front. This was her book. Susan, it was unbelievable. She didn't even write the foreword or the first chapter or anything. It is simply a collection of stories written by other people for her. That, to me, was very disappointing. I wouldn't recommend doing that. If you want to chunk it down to write a book, write 500 words a day in some kind of format as your first book, a tip a day or something, and then collect it up and have a book. Then you know what your focus is. You know what your target audience is. You can then bring forth whatever information you have every day, and you can do something like that. Or if you have a blog, Decide on your book, chunk it down into chapters, chunk it down into sections, and write a blog post on each section. Get that out there. At the end of the time, you have a book. Yes, and you can do in the reverse. If you reverse engineer it, you've got your book, and you can turn those into hundreds of blog posts and articles and tips. So you've got everything at your fingertips. So you're absolutely correct with that. That's fabulous advice. How could our listeners contact you, Roberta, if they wanted more information about your services? Sure. Just go to my website, forrelationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P.com. You'll see everything there. You'll see the radio show, the download of the free ebook, How to Spot a Hijackal. Then a, there's a navigation tab on Work with Dr. Shaler. There's things about my books. There's things about my upcoming programs, the retreat weekends that I do to help people recover. Everything is there. And you can also find me on Facebook with my name, Roberta Shaler. Remember, how could you remember? We haven't told you. It's R-H-O-B-E-R-T-A-S-H-A-L-E-R. So you can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. They're all the same. Then you can have a look and see what I do and how I do it, because I think it's quite transparent. Well, I think just knowing all those different things, I mean, it's interesting for someone to go in and just mosey around and see what it is you're doing, because those are different marketing strategies that I'm sure other people can adopt. So uh, that'll be wonderful. And if you were to leave our listeners with a golden nugget, what would that be, Roberta? Oh, it's simple, Susan. Leverage, leverage, leverage. Never write anything you can't use at least three times. Never make a video you can't use in three ways. Never make an audio that you can't make an article from. <laughs> Everything has to have at least three uses. I love that advice. Yes. I love to cut dice and splice and slice everything into as many different ways as possible. So thank you for that information. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Thank you all for taking time out of your precious day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparks some ideas you can use to sell more books. Here's wishing you much book marketing success. 
The time is now to take action and finally build your book-selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit bookmarketingmentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded, so visit bookmarketingmentors.com and we'll see you again next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.